This episode of Barrel Tasting with Howard Fletcher is brought to you by Visit Loudon, the tourist office for DC's wine country. Visit Loudon invites you to DC's wine country, a mere 30 miles from the nation's capital. Loudon is the Napa Valley of the Mid-Atlantic. Home to more than 40 wineries, Loudon's vineyards provide views of everything from the lush rolling hills of the Virginia countryside to the soaring slopes of the Blue Ridge Mountains. With fire pits, outdoor patios, and acres of open land perfect for vineyard picnics, Loudon's wineries are ready to welcome you at any time of year to enjoy award-winning Viognier, Cab Franc, Merlot, Norton, and Bordeaux blends. My favorite. There's more than just drinking wine when you come to visit DC's wine country. Take part in unique experiences such as vineyard hikes paired with personal tasting kits, sangria making classes, and special wine pairing dinners. And if you enjoy the day, listen, why not stay longer? Dine in superb restaurants or check into one of the boutique B&Bs or luxury resorts and make a weekend of it. Joan and I have, and we've had a ball. To start planning your trip to DC's wine country, check out visitloudon.org. That's V-I-S-I-T-L-O-U-D-O-U-N.org. And now back to the show. Wow, you can smell that from here. Yeah. Wow, it's beautiful. <laughs> well, let's raise yeah. a glass to that and get this party started. Okay. Mmm, cheers. Salud. All right. Oh, man. Yeah, that's beautiful. My husband hates going wine tasting with me sometimes because I spend, like, minutes smelling the wine. He's like, would you just take a sip already? I'm like, I am taking a sip. I'm taking an olfactory sip. Well, that's why you're sitting mm. for your... W set and your husband and I are drinking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm unbearable. I, I can't even stand myself sometimes. This is Barrel Tasting with Howard Fletcher, a podcast that shines a light on the best winemakers, craft brewers, and spirit distillers in the DMV. So grab a glass of your favorite adult beverage. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and let's get started. Thank you, Asia. Hello, and welcome to this very special episode of Barrel Tasting. I'm Howard Fletcher. Why is this a special episode? Well, first, it's the last episode of our inaugural season, season one of this podcast, and it's truly been a blast. I'll tell you more about my plans for the future in season two much later, but I'd like to thank all of you all for sticking with me this season. And what's the other reason for this special episode? Well, I'll tell you that, but once again, I'm going to ask you one last time this season to please subscribe and rate the podcast if you've not done so already. It helps us grow and it only takes a few seconds. Listen, we very much appreciated your support over this past season. And with more followers and more ratings, it'll help season two be bigger and better than ever. So please take a few moments to subscribe. Thank you very, very much. Okay, now back to the matter at hand. This is a special episode because today's guest is not a craft beverage maker per se, but her business is as almost as integral to the industry as bottles, grapes, hops, or grain. Today's guest is Renee Ventress, co-owner and the face of Cork and Keg Tours in Loudoun County, Virginia. Now, Cork and Keg creates unforgettable winery and brewery tours for individuals, couples, and small groups, combining wine tastings and craft brew visits with sophisticated fun in the beautiful wine country of Loudoun. Their customized Mercedes Sprinter limo van features spacious, comfortable perimeter seating and the latest lighting and sound technology. And folks, (laughs) this is something you really need to experience to appreciate. So 
we'll hear more about that later on. So with no further ado, this is my conversation with Renee Ventress of Cork and Cake Tours. Let's all raise a glass. This is going to be a different show today. Okay. We're at the beautiful 50 West Vineyard in Middleburg, one of my favorite towns in Virginia. And uh, I'm here with Renee Ventress. I want to welcome you to the show. Welcome, Renee. Thank you so much for having me, Howard. I'm very happy to be here. Now, listeners to the show know usually I have a winemaker on the show. Most of the time it's a winemaker or a craft brewer or a spirit distiller. Sometimes I have a tasting room manager or an owner of a vineyard. Renee is none of those things. Uh, her business is Cork and Keg Tours, and it's a business that she and her husband Don started. And I will let her tell the story because I don't really know it, and she it's her story. But before we get into that, let's get into you. What? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, what about me? So I'm a military brat and military veteran. My father was Air Force, and so he retired in Nebraska, which is where I was raised, born in Hawaii. But um, unluckily for me, we left when I was two, so I don't remember it. Bucket list. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I grew up in Nebraska and uh, was in the Navy for six years, served over in Europe my entire enlistment, which is amazing. And um, I have a fantastic Jack Russell named Beamer. Uh-huh. He's 14. He's the light of my life, which is probably where I led with him instead of my son or husband. But <laughs> I like <laughs> I like them too. Uh, my son, Gino, he's 22 and lives in Portland, Oregon. And uh, I thank him every day for moving to another wine country. Yeah, I was about to say, he probably gets great pinots there. Yeah, he's excited about wineries opening back up. And my husband, Don, and I have been together uh, 28 years. Wow. I say we've been dating for 28 years because it is still just a uh, a wonderful partnership, friendship, marriage. He's, he's fantastic. Couldn't do what I do without him. Well, I've not been married 28 years, but I have friends who've been married 28 years. <laughs> And uh, they don't sound as happy about it as you do. So you must, have, you and Don are doing something right. Well, maybe they're not drinking enough wine. Hey, so that does uh, <laughs> it work a lot of things out sometimes. It does, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a huge, uh, I have a major passion for wine. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really know anything about it until my early 30s. I never really paired it with anything. I just had it now and then, but I was a poor enlisted person. We couldn't afford wine, you know? Uh, so I am, um, I only really in the past, oh my God, 20 years developed my, uh, my wine palette and realized that I had uh, a bit of a talent for picking things out of wine, especially things that were non-food or non, um, non-typical, atypical of, of, what people think they're going to find in wine. And it led me into this whole career with owning Cork and Keg Tours, um, doing virtual tastings for folks. And um, now my wine education becoming a, uh, you know, high level wine educator. Okay, well, let's get into that. Um, first, how did you get into, well, do you remember your introduction 20 years ago to wine? What it was that really, where it was and how you came about to really get fall in love with it? I remember everything about that moment. Okay. And it's funny, when you talk to other wine drinkers, almost all of us have that same experience where this was the bottle, this was the day. So it was um, uh, it was 1998, and okay. my son had just been born. And we went out, my mother-in-law came to, to visit us in Pensacola, Florida, where my husband was, uh, he was still active duty. So we were stationed in Florida, and she came, and she wanted Gino to herself, and we are like, okay, we're going out to dinner. <laughs> so we went to a place called The Fish House, mm-hmm. um, on the beach in Pensacola and went to it was a sushi restaurant 
And so we wanted sushi. Neither one of us really even knew much about sushi, but we were game for it. And my husband being a big shot, he just told the waiter, oh, just bring us whatever wine you think will pair best with this. Right. Okay. So the guy brings over a Dr. Thanish Riesling. It was a 95. And it was, um, you know, we just never really knew any better. Sure. So he pours it. It's beautiful. We're feeling very posh. And take a bite of the sushi and then take a sip of the wine. And we both looked at each other. We were like, did you taste that? And like, yeah, it's different than it was before we had the sushi. Like, yeah. And so we're eating and we're sipping and, and we're asking the guy about the wine. And he didn't know a ton about it, but he's just like, yeah, it's a real crowd pleaser. It's, um, it's a dry, you know, Riesling. It goes really well with sushi. And as you eat it, fruit comes out of the, of the Riesling. Yeah. We we're like, dry, sweet, what? So yeah, knew nothing. So that was our very first experience of pairing wine. And um, from there, we started just buying a little. Again, we're still poor enlisted folks, so we don't buy a lot. But, you know, we try to buy a few things off the shelf at the, um, at the supermarket, found out how much wine we did not like, uh, found some wines that we really did enjoy that were, you know, in the $15 price range. And then when we moved here, uh, we didn't even know it was wine country. Yeah. So we moved to Loudon in 2003. And so we're out and about one People day. People are still kind of, surprised by that, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's. I I am always shocked when I find that out, especially the way it's grown um, yeah. over the years. So 2003, we move here. We're driving around. We're like, did that say wine tours? So we pulled in. It was chrysalis, much smaller then than it is yeah, now. Yeah. And that was our first experience with uh, with Virginia wine, and it just kept on growing and growing. So. Yeah, so now we we belong to a lot of wine clubs, and we take trips to Sonoma and Napa every year. Well, I take that back. We take trips to Sonoma every year, and we take one day and hit a few Napa spots. But go. yeah, Sonoma's home. So, well, you segued right into what I wanted to talk about first with you is Virginia wine country, and you and I have spoken before. We both have a great affinity for Virginia and Virginia wine. Um, tell us, you know, give us, share with us your feeling about Virginia wine and what makes this such a unique and growing destination for people in the nation. Why is this such a great place to drink wine? Man, there is a long answer to that. I don't know how much time we have, but, um, you wrong know, wrong thing to ask a tour person. Yeah. First thing, a tour guide. Yeah. Yeah. So the Virginia wine has really, really come a long way. Um, Absolutely. you know, I will definitely say when we first started drinking it, the sweeter wines were a little better. And I don't mean sweet wines like, you know, like, um, like port style wines or anything like that. I just mean, you know, some of the wines like Sarah's patio red and patio white wines that just had a little bit higher residual sugar. Um, they were a little bit better. The drier wines were really astringent, and in, in my opinion, um, just I didn't know what I didn't like about them, but they just weren't quite there yet, right? Yeah, the green pepper twang. Oh yeah, the first <laughs> time I had that, I'm like, uh, I might pour this over a steak. What's yeah, happening? Right. Um, so yeah, so I think that when uh, you know, 15 years ago or so, you know, just. The vines were younger. Um, mm -hmm. The winemaking was still kind of new. I think some of the winemakers, maybe they were coming from other regions uh -huh. uh, and making wine in that style. Right. But the Virginia grape, you know, a Virginia Viognier is not a French Viognier. You know, there's different styles. So I think um, the maturation of both the vines and the winemakers um, and the expectations and getting to understand our crazy weather um, made a real difference in the wine getting better. 
So why is it a great destination? Well, one, because it's such a discovery, especially for onophiles out there who think they've been to all the best wine drinking destinations. When they come here and they realize that it's not just sweet wines and it's not um, just big peppery cob francs, there's a lot of nuances now in the different types of wine and so many more wineries. So just the fact that the wine is just, it goes from soup to nuts. You know, you can get dry whites, sweet whites, dry reds, sweet reds, um, and some grapes that you don't usually find um, as primary varietals. For instance, Petit Verdot. Mm -hmm. A lot of places just use it as a blender, uh, including, you know, in Bordeaux where it's from. Um, You don't really see it singly as, as much. Here, they found a way to not only do it as a single varietal, but because of the climate and the talented winemakers, it's an incredible wine that tastes unlike others and pairs so well with so many different types of cuisines. Love so, yeah. 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 And so I think, um, so I think the wine is a, is a great thing for that. But the other thing that makes us an awesome destination is our breweries, our distilleries, our agro-tourism. I take people to alpaca farms, you know, and they are just blown away by well, how long their eyelashes are. <laughs> And how cute they are. And how you can feed them. And how you can feed them and your hand flat so they don't bite your little fingers off. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing experience. So Loudon has a lot more to offer around the wine. And the wine is just the perfect backdrop and the way for people to really um, see all different parts of the the county through a glass. Well, I want to take this time to give a special shout out to 50 West because you, uh, through your relationships with them, uh, were nice enough to set up this area for us to have our conversation here. And Carlos, the manager, was nice enough to open this bottle of Gouvet mm. 2015, which has one of my favorite grapes in it, Tanat, which is absolutely delicious. This is really good. It is so nice. And what's really cool with Virginia blends is they're not just your typical Bordeaux blends all the time. You know, you don't have the big five grapes in them. You have some of those in there, but you add some Tanat or you add some... Um, even Chamberson, uh, all these different grapes that really do well here make our blends really unique. And pairing them with different cheeses and different meats, things that people think they know about wine, they learn something new in a glass of Virginia, especially blends like the Cuvée. Yeah, now uh, you say you've only been drinking wine for 20 years. I've only really been drinking it for six. Oh, wow. Six or seven. Yeah, I was uh, mostly a beer and gin guy. Mm -hmm. And um, so I am just learning about pairing it with food. Um, my palate is very young. I, As I tell people and listeners to this podcast, no, you don't want me to write your tasting notes, <laughs> you know, but I do know what I like. And I am a, I'm really bowled over by some of the reds. I'm a red wine drinker, although I do like Albarino and some other of the whites here, mm-hmm. uh, that I taste coming out of Virginia and a few vineyards in Maryland. I'm a Marylander. But Virginia's ahead of us in the wine game. We let you come here anyway. It's all right. <laughs> there, well, yeah, there, there's some, there's some good vineyards in Maryland. But uh, Virginia as a whole, especially Loudoun County, just as uh, they're, they're head and shoulders above what we're, we've done as a state so far. Well, I would say that um, your young palate makes a great person to do tasting notes. It's one thing that I really want people to to know when I take them on tours is it's not being a wine aficionado just because I have, you know, this certifications in, in wine education. Everybody is an aficionado of their own style. And so when you have a younger palate, you don't have expectations like somebody who's been drinking wine for 20 years, yeah. you know, and so your fresh 
perspective is one that's really welcome. So yeah, yeah. yeah. but but my tasting notes would say good. We would go with a hamburger, <laughs> not graphite and you know cigar and leather and that. I, I, now, when you tell me that, when I read tasting notes, I'm drinking with somebody or tasting with somebody right. who has that type of palate. Yeah. When they mention it, I say, oh, yeah, I taste that. Yeah, but, that power of suggestion. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, yeah, I'm just like, hmm, this would be good steak wine. Okay, but what <laughs> means... Them good. You're right. Okay, but what means more for somebody who is listening to your podcast? The fact that it tastes like a lead pencil sometimes or the fact that, what? It goes well with a burger? We're making burgers tonight. Let's go get a oh, bottle absolutely. of 50 Rescue. No, 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 no. Absolutely. I'm not, that's <laughs> why I'm not, I am not ashamed to say that. Heck that yeah. Is, I, you know, um, I kind of do the same thing. I like to talk about pairing wine with life yeah. and um, what experiences, you know, taking a sip, you know, makes you think about. Um, and then, yeah, what pairs well with, with burgers? I had a podcast well, I have. I just haven't done a lot with it. Mm-hmm. But one of my episodes was called, um, you know, junk food pairings. Yeah. And so I was talking about the best wine with Taco Bell and with McDonald's. Oh, I have to look that one up. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> and people actually wrote back to me and were like, you are so right about having a Chalupa with Shiraz. That is just the best combo. I'm like, I'm telling you, there's there's something to it. So Now, you mentioned you belong to some uh, wine clubs, or maybe you didn't, but I do know you do belong to some wine clubs mm-hmm. out west. Mm-hmm. So I want you to uh, t- tell us the differences. In, in, I know you could, this could be a three-hour-long podcast if you did, but <laughs> tell us a little bit about your experience out there in California mm-hmm. and maybe contrast it to what's happening here in Virginia. And also, I'd like you to bring up that story you were telling me when we spoke the other day about the gentleman who had the map. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I'll start with the differences. Okay. So the biggest differences is out there, Pinot Noir is queen. Um, it's just, it's, it grows beautifully out there. It doesn't grow here. And so the clubs that we belong to, a lot of them are because their Pinot Noirs got us in and now we just drink their other wines too and just absolutely love them. Um, there's a real difference in the climates Uh between here and Sonoma, although there are some similarities, but, um, you know, differences especially the, the ones that are near the water, uh, who get you know, like some of those ocean breezes, it changes what the grape tastes like, um, what kind of things you find. So we like a lot of those characteristics in our Pinots, in our Cabs. Um, we're not big Chardonnay drinkers, but there are some steely Chardonnays out there that we actually enjoy. We actually like Virginia Chardonnays better than, um, than California. And I think that might be because possibly the youth in the vines and the different, uh, the fact that a lot of them here are neutral, Mm -hmm. um, with the oak and, uh, stainless steel. So there's just a difference in the way that the wines are made. I think the biggest thing I love to do is I love to taste my Virginia cabs next to my California cabs. Uh, we have a Coravin now, so we can actually do that without opening the <laughs> bottle. If you don't have a Coravin, you have to look that up. But um, so tasting them really shows the different characteristics in the fruit. Um, and that's the biggest thing. So I love tasting them side by side and getting somebody who says, I only drink California wine right, right. and getting them and telling them, okay, well, if you like California cabs, I'm also a California cab girl. We're going to take you to this winery and you're going to try not only their Cab Sab, but you're going to try their Cab Franc and their blends. And they find out that there is more dimensions to cab than what you find sometimes in those bigger California cabs. Mm-hmm. Here we've got some um, different herbaceous notes that are really, really cool um, that pair so nicely with, with foods. And it just... It, you know, it's the difference between a really ripe strawberry and one that is pretty young, mm-hmm. you know, or, or raspberries, regular raspberries and black raspberries. They're all in the same family, but there's just different characteristics that come out. Mm-hmm. So I just, I think that the biggest differences really are 
Um, our wines in Virginia seem to me to be a bit more, they've got a lot of layers, yeah, you know, like you get the earthiness and you get the oak and, you know, they're, they're, they're different kinds. They're, gosh, they're so different. It's, it's almost impossible to say that they're, that the, the cabs are, you can't say it, they're not the same. I don't they're, taste, I would never mistake a California cab for a Virginia cab. Absolutely. You know? And I, and I think, at least for someone like me, and I'm going to say I'm just going to be Joe Average, for someone like me, it took that experience and also having to talk about those cabs with people who are, like yourself, who are familiar with both and know a little bit of something about wine. Because mm-hmm. I started out drinking wine or getting a taste for wine with big California cabs, mm-hmm. big, bold California cabs. Right. And my my little analogy, my description of them, they're like the bourbon of wines to me. Like you can pour a glass of California, a big California cab and drink that by itself and go about your business. That's the deal. And you can do that with any wine, obviously. Sure, sure. But the cabs that are, or the reds that are being made here, I've used cabs to do apples to apples. Mm-hmm. They're more elegant and they're more layered, like you said, and they pair better with food. Yeah, there that, are so many layers in them. You're right. And I think that's why I call it like bourbon. You you know, I do like bourbon too, but you wouldn't say, well, well, maybe some people would, but I wouldn't say bourbon really pairs really well with a particular type of food mm-hmm. because when you're drinking bourbon, you're just drinking bourbon, at least I am. Yeah. Or maybe smoking a cigar. Exactly. But it, it, but with these, this, these, like this wine we're having here, this mm-hmm. cuvee, this cuvee is delicious and I could drink this whole bottle just by itself and be happy. You know. <laughs> but... <laughs> But this also would really highlight something, you know, a food, a, a, a red meat or, you know, something off the grill or something like that. This would be perfect. Absolutely. Kebabs, all kinds of things. Right. I kind of feel like sometimes because we have such a, a big variety of foods in Virginia that the wines have to be able to pair with different things from Indian to Thai to uh, straight up American food. We have a lot of cultures here. And so you find that influence um, not only in Loudoun County, but in other uh, counties in Virginia. And yeah, a lot of our California cabs, we pair with a glass and a movie, you know, maybe some popcorn, (laughs) you know, Um, but our Virginia wines, and and we drink a lot of our Virginia wines straight up as well, but we do really enjoy pairing them. And those layers in there uh, are just, I think, just between the, the, the terroir here or the, you know, the earth um, and then the way that they're aged, it just gives them a unique, a, a, new, a unique feel on your palate, just a, a, new, a unique way of, of being. So, um, yeah, I, I still love both. Um, yeah, yeah. We are still huge fans, but we just we drink them differently yeah. and we have different expectations of them as well. So it's it's a lot of fun to have, you know, be a bi-coastal wine drinker. I just made that up. <laughs> Well, we'll coin it now. Boom. Yeah. So the other part of um, what we love about going out there, our very first experience in Sonoma was on a recommendation of a friend who stayed right in the square. And she told us, stay here and start in the square and then work your way out. Mm -hmm. Right. So we go into the square and we went to um, a place called Roche. Um, It was just a tasting room in the square. And... um, the dude who was doing the tastings was this, this this older, he's probably my age now. Well, he was my age then. Um, and I'm calling him older. Anyway, so he was a retired New York City cop. And my mm-hmm. husband's from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're getting on just great. And, you know, we're drinking the wine. And, you know, we're still not wine novices. This is almost 15 years ago. So we're not really quite sure that we like it too much yet. But, you know, we're just, yeah. we're just starting out. And so we told him, yeah, we've never been here. We don't know what, what we're going to do. We're kind of just 
winging it. He's like, go have a seat by that fire pit. I'll be right out. <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. So we go out there and he comes out and he's got a map and he puts it down and he says, and he leans over and he looks at us and he's like pointing the pencil at us. He's like, I'm going to show you where the winemakers go to drink yeah. and where the winemakers go to eat. You follow this map and don't deviate from anything <laughs> I tell you and you're going to have the best experience of your life. Yeah. Yes, sir. So he showed us all these boutique wines. He just circles this whole route and he puts stars by some. He's like, listen, this is a must. These okay. are good to have. But So he did all of that. I'm sure we still have that map. <laughs> and we did what he said. We were like, he said, go here, go there. We're members of eight of those places now. And we've been members for all this time. I mean, some of them like 10 years, some of them, you know, 15. Sure. Um, but, but we still refer to that map and he just told us where they go. And I understand now why those are what the winemakers chose um, to where they choose to spend their time. Because the wines have got so much personality yeah. and they are, um, they're, they're all over the map. You know, I mean, and we don't like all wines from any one place. If I liked every wine a place had, I would feel like their wines were a bit one dimensional. Right, right. So that's another thing I love about Virginia. You can go from one end of the spectrum to the other at our Loudoun County wineries and you find everything. Um, but yeah, so that was really what I do. And so that was really kind of a genesis to us as we continued exploring Virginia wine country, getting to know the wineries, understanding even if we didn't like it, we knew what was good about it. Mm -hmm. And so that made it easy for us to refer our friends and say, oh, you like this on a Tuesday from the supermarket? Go to this winery and try their blah, blah, blah. And we parlayed that into a business. Well, that's where I'm going to go next. <laughs> so Cork and Keg, mm -hmm. tell me how did that come to be? You know, what's the gestation of, of of cork and keg. You know, everything with wine for us has been really organic. It's just kind of happened to yeah. us and for us. And cork and keg tours was kind of that. So in 2016, my husband got laid off from um, a small startup that he went to mm -hmm. that just was not working out at all. But he was fine with that. He's like, look, I've been working you know, for 20 years. I'm going to take a little break, do some honeydews. I'm, I'm just you know, laying low for a little bit. Cool. Yeah. So um, then when it was time for him to start applying for jobs, the right job wasn't materializing. Mm -hmm. Months and months went by, and you know now the severance is about to start running out, and Cobra's going to run out. And he's like, um, okay, so we need to figure something out. <laughs> so we go for a long drive in Luray, right? So take the dog, we go hike, and we're just driving, listening to jazz. And he's like, you know, I'm really sick of being one jerk's opinion away from not paying our mortgage. What if we did our own thing? Now, anyone who knows my husband knows he is risk adverse. He doesn't even buy socks without comparing five different brands of socks to make sure he got the right one. Right. So for him to say he wanted to start a business where I am like creating a new business in my brain every minute. So I was like, you got it. What are we doing? I'm, I'm with it. So he's just like, I don't know. He's like, you know, we know wine and nobody here does the wine tours like we've been doing out in Sonoma. What if we brought that business here? Yep, let's do it. So this was on a Friday and it was kind of late. So we're like, okay, well, let's call them on Monday and, and talk to them about maybe bringing their brand out here to Virginia because it was just a small tour company out okay. there. Um, no presence here. We've been using the same company since we started. We've never even used another company and we've done 15 tours with them. So um, if, that, if not more. So we we're like, yeah, we'll call them up and we'll, we'll get them. So then we're sitting there and we're all happy you know, watching TV. And then I was like, you know, their name doesn't mean anything out here. What if we did our own yeah. company? And my husband was like, I was thinking the same thing. You know, why do we need them? Why would we pay them some kind of a royalty? Let's make our own thing up. 
Okay, so then we start just kind of spitballing names, and we were like hops and vines, uh, <laughs> you know, grains and grapes. I mean, and a lot of those things were already taken. And, right. and then, you know, he said corks and kegs, and I was like, cork and keg tours. Looked it up, it wasn't taken. I'm like, that's it. That's it. So I bought the domain name right then and there. Yeah. And then I got on the horn with a guy who I knew who made logos. I'm like, dude, I need a logo. And and um, by Monday, we were off and running. Um, we started our business plan. Um, with, we just we we knew that that was the right thing. It mm-hmm. just felt right. So we went to the wineries, the owners that we knew. We knew um, several winery owners. And so we went to them and we were like, hey, we're going to start a business in wine. They're like, oh, that's great. What are you going to do? We're like, we're going to start a tour company. And the smiles left their faces. They were like, oh, that's nice. And we're like, well, what don't you like about tours? And they brought out the wine and they told us, this happens, that happens, this happens. So right then we adjusted our business plan to be an extension of the wineries and do things that made them our first line uh, customer. Mm -hmm. And our guests were our guests at our company basically right. you know i mean we, we 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 take a lot of pride in the fact that we respect what the wineries breweries and distilleries all of their rules and we bring the right people to the right places mm-hmm. so we're not going to bring you know a really crazy loud bachelorette party to some place like green hill that's a bit more well healed and a bit quieter right um that's where we bring our serious wine drinkers mm-hmm. Because they appreciate everything about that place. But places that have big outdoor spaces like this, oh, we'll bring our partiers all day long, you right. know. Um, and we, we watch for certain things. Um, like we don't allow anyone to be overserved. If we see it, we're like, hey, you know, we, we cut them off, let the winery know enough for that person. You know, um, we, we keep our guests fed and hydrated. We, we really work with them to have a great tasting experience. And our goal is to get them to buy bottles of wine to take with them. Um, it's about the tasting, not the drinking when you're right. in wine country. This right. isn't a bar, you know. So we really take that very seriously. And the wineries seem to really appreciate that. So when somebody contacts you mm-hmm. uh, for a tour... Do they usually know where they want to go or do they tell you what kind of experience they want to have and then you tailor it to what they tell you or how does that work? The answer is yes. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but only about 25% of the people who contact us know where they want to go. Um, It's really amazing to me how many locals have never been to any of the wineries and they're like, we are getting a sitter and we want you to take us to your favorite places, the places you think are best. So what I do is I get a profile of those those guests and find out really what they're looking for. Are they looking for expansive views? Do they want a cozy little farmhouse? Um, Are they more about the wine and really don't care as much about the atmosphere? So I get a profile. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I help to build a, a route. Even when they come to me and they say, I want this, this, and this. Once I still get a profile from them and I find out what they, they say they want, I might make a recommendation that, well, you can go to this place, but it's not going to have you know, what you're looking for. This, on the other hand, will. Another great feature about you know, Loudon Wine and Virginia Wine We've got every atmosphere you can think of out here. That's true. So, um, so people are like, well, we'll just take your recommendation. So I, I do a lot of the building. And to do that, we had to do a lot of market research, which means I have <laughs> drank <laughs> all the wine, yeah. all the yeah. beer, all the spirits, um, took notes. We had a big binder when we started where we were writing down all the different wines. And I was like, well, what happens when they have a different one next year? This binder becomes obsolete. And Don's like, we'll just add another line. You right. know? So right. 
So we used to do that. Now it's all muscle memory. But um, yeah, so we um, we we do a lot of uh, profiling. And right. what's great about that is we have so many repeat customers. We have people on their sixth and seventh tour with us. We've only been in business uh, four years. You know, yeah. this April 2021 will be four years since our first tour. That's strong. So yeah, so we have so many customers who come back again. We can go back and look at their profile, see where we've taken them, take them someplace new that we know they're going to like. So um, it's really been an amazing journey but that's how it got started just off of him losing his job oh and by the way he got a full-time job right after we finished customizing the van ah. <laughs> so, so it became a, a weekend gig and now it's my full-time gig um i started full-time with the company in 2019 wow that's great so what size groups can you accommodate up to 13. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, people have asked us, well, why don't you get a bigger vehicle? You can make more money. And we're like, well, because it's not all about the money. Uh, it's really about the kind of experience that we deliver. And the boutique wineries that go from two to 13 guests mean people get a really uh, customized and personalized experience. It's easier on the staff because they can, they don't have to wrangle, you know, 20 cats, Yeah, you know, so yeah. people are paying more attention. And it's just, it's a really different way to enjoy wine country than if you have a group of 20 or more. Yeah. So we're well, not going to go any bigger than that. Yeah. Well, as a consumer, mm -hmm. I can say that uh, when you're in the tasting room and the bus pulls up and 30 to 40 people pile out of it, mm -hmm. it really messes up <laughs> the atmosphere in the tasting room for everybody. It really does. And so uh, that's that's a really smart play there. Yeah, we knew we learned that um, as we were building our business. And so we decided when we have a group of 13 that we go places that have private rooms and we give our guests this, uh, this uh, you know, um, exclusive private experience or when it's the nicer weather, we go outside. But we make sure that we make all those plans with the wineries uh, and the breweries. And we just don't, um, we don't just, we never just show up. Okay. Even places that don't take reservations, we're like, yeah, well, we're coming on this date. Right. So I know it's not a reservation, quote unquote, but we get there and Cork and Keg Tours is on the table. So. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, respect for the wineries and the atmosphere and teaching people the difference. You know, um, one of my other podcasts was bad manners at wineries. <laughs> and it was really a fun one because, you know, I just talk about with all the different things that we hear and that we see that are just not the way you, it's, it's, it's not the same. Yeah. Uh, so here are some things to become welcome. You know, don't wear a lot of heavy perfume. Yeah. Um, you know, don't talk really loudly across the room. Don't ask to revisit the same wine four times because now you're just trying to just, you know, drink, just right. to drink, you right. know, so, so things like that. So <laughs> it's being um, a wine educator really came out of the business because I realized how much people wanted to know yeah. and how much I also wanted to know. And so that was a natural progression by getting my wine certifications. Yeah. How far in advance should someone book with you guys if they want to go on a tour? Right now we are booked about two months in advance. Mm -hmm. um, every now and then we have maybe two weeks out, but very rarely can you get a reservation with us in less than two weeks. And it's also important because that gives me time to get to know who it is that's booking and then make the reservations and, and create the right route and let the wineries plan for our groups to come. Yeah. But yeah, right now we, um, yeah, we're booking two months in advance, if not more. Now you're in Loudoun County. Do you venture ever venture outside of Loudoun County or is that a possibility 
or no? Um, right now, we, we focus on Loudoun. We only have a couple of non-Loudoun County wineries that are on the border. Um, and I forget which counties they are. I want to say Clark and Fauquier. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Veramar, which is in Clark County, just over the border. It's so close. That's a natural, easy mm-hmm. one. And then Delaplaine and Slater Run, which are in Fauquier County. Um, those are uh, pretty close, too. And they're right there by Middleburg. And we have some people who always stay at the Salamander. And we had to expand just to give them some new places to go. So we, it literally became our clients driving change and driving improvements and upgrades with our, our services and our service area. Um, so right now, those are the only ones. But as we grow, we're going to get people who live in those other areas to be cork and keg tours operators. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're going to grow and go into different regions and different parts of Virginia wine country. Nice, nice. Now, is there an age requirement do you allow minors to be there supervised or no? No. Okay. <laughs> 21 and up. That's yeah, it. Yeah, 21 and up. 21 and up. We are an adult oasis. We pride ourselves on making um, a, a great getaway. As parents ourselves, we know what it means to be able to have a day away from your yeah. children. And with that said, even when we go to wineries and we find out, you know, which ones are 21 plus, And that's part of what we ask our guests. And a lot of them do want that. We don't hate children. We just don't want to be around somebody else's when we're trying to escape our own. I mean, you know, that's the point. So, yeah. So even when we go um, to wineries that are not 21 um, and up only, we make sure that we have a space where our guests can really just really just have that oasis. We are a daycation. People have yeah. told us that we feel like an all-inclusive resort in their own backyard because we have a lot of locals. Yeah. Um, and we've expanded our marketing. So now we have a lot of out-of-town folks which I love because now I get to involve the B&Bs and the yes. restaurants and the private chefs and just bring all this money into Loudoun County. It's, it's amazing. Now, what about pets? I would love to invite pets, but our van is really luxurious. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we call her Flojo. Yeah. Uh, it's because yeah. she's a beautiful black sprinter with a lot of style <laughs> and a big motor. The millennials don't get that yeah, joke, yeah. but anybody our age yeah. does. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> right? So, um, so yeah. So we, again, I mean, you know, if we start allowing pets, you know, what if we have a, a tour the next day with someone who's allergic and now they're, you know, having a reaction, you know, in the van, even though it's been cleaned and sanitized. Right. If you have a pet, you know, that hair is everywhere uh, yeah. and anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I love, I, we love dogs. We would invite dogs before we would invite children Right. as dog parents and actual yeah. parents. We feel like we're allowed to say that, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's 21 and yeah. up and we, uh, we don't allow hard liquor on the van okay. because we know from experience that, <laughs> you know, so. yeah, vodka shots before you go to three wineries um, is a really stupid idea. Yeah. So you won't find, like you see those buses pull up and the door opens and all these, you know, drunken monkeys come falling yeah. out the door. Right. That's never us. Right. We we would never even allow that. Uh, we would not go to a third location if we saw our guests were, you know, really getting tuned up. We're sure. like, hey, we're going to be cutting this short because we feel like, you know, everybody, this is not it's not a bar. Right. Um, but you have a great ride home. We're going to put your playlist on. Uh, plenty of water in the van. So let's keep this party going. So we do it in a very, you know, light handed way. We're not these heavies like monitors, like tapping people on the shoulder and saying, you. Back in the van. You know, we don't do that. Um, 
But, you know, we, we adhere to the ABC rules to the letter. Yeah. Uh, and, and the wineries do, too. And they appreciate the fact that we are their allies. They don't have to come down and, and cut somebody off and then get their bad review on the Yelp because somebody was mad that they couldn't get a sixth glass of wine. Um, we'll be the heavies and we don't mind. Right. But we do it, you know. Yeah. We, I call I call my husband the velvet hammer. Uh-oh. So he will make sure that <laughs> rules are being followed, but he'll do it nicely. Wow, it sounds like that's... <laughs> That should be on the back of a boxing robe. It should. <laughs> now, you don't allow jello shots in the van, but from what I understand, your van is a party van because there are things going on in there besides just riding from winery to brewery to wherever. So tell us about that. Yes. Well, I will quote one of our last guests when we opened the door and said, welcome to Cork and Keg Tours. She said, oh, hell Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So she's like, this is legit. What? So they take all the pictures. So yes, our van is a party van. We've got a beautiful light package, strobe lights. You can go full Jersey Shore with laser beams and stuff. Um, and um, we we customize playlists for our guests or let them do their own. We customize slideshows, uh, which is a lot of work, but it's worth it when mm-hmm. people get on and they see themselves and their family memories and we open the door and someone's got tears in their yeah, eyes. That's and, nice. Yeah, it's all about them. Um, we also have karaoke. So our guests can uh, upgrade to a karaoke package and, you know, BYOM, bring your own mic. Uh, but they get to sing in back there and it is hilarious. <laughs> they send us their recordings. I still need to post some on our Facebook page. But um, so, yeah, there's karaoke. Um, we can do decorations for different um, events. And, you know, people dance. People have a good time. And we have it set up. Instead of um, row seating like you would see in a normal, you know, bus or van. Mm-hmm. It's perimeter seating, so it's very, very social. So even when pre-COVID, when we did the what we called blended tours, where it was a public tour we picked up in a public place and different parties would come on together, they would jump on strangers, they would leave friends. I mean, the networking that went on was amazing. I can imagine, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was yeah. always such a great experience. Yeah. Well, some of the best friends that I've made, well, of late, were people, like we were talking and speaking beforehand, mm-hmm. that I just met at a tasting room in Virginia, you mm-hmm. know, or in Maryland or at a winery, you know. Yeah, it's it a very, very social, it's a social drink and, yeah. you know, and everybody gets something different. Yeah. What I miss about the the, the tasting rooms and, and the tastings at the bar is that somebody can be like, you know, this reminds me of a flower. And then somebody on the other side of the bar says, I think it's lilacs. It's yeah. like my grandma's perfume, but that's weird to say. And then they're like, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah lilacs. Yeah. We used to grow those in our yard when we grew up in Texas. Texas, yeah. I'm from Texas. Yeah. You know, I mean, so the whole thing just kind of comes together. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, so people would, you know, meet as strangers and leave as friends. So, um, but but now it's all private tours. So yeah. the van is yours completely. Uh, very strict COVID protocols that we have, which, you know, have been really working well. Um, and uh, it's it's a it's a space for people just to spread out and really enjoy themselves. So yeah, it is a it is a legitimate party bus, as our guest said. But um, but we do we, we party responsibly. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of fun with it too, because when our guests get on the you know on, we talk to them about you know look these are the ABC rules. It's not our rules. This is what we have to do. Um, and then we pick somebody who's probably going to be the troublemaker. Or like, listen, if Jim gets out of control, I'm coming to you, Mary. So right. you better watch him. Right. Ha ha ha! And guess what, Mary does. She ends up making sure that Jim doesn't get out of control. <laughs> Don't want to make Renee mad. That's Listen. Right. Oh, Don, the velvet hammer. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you a question that I, I, I ask everybody. Okay. And this would be the first time it applies to a tour okay. business. But, and it's only been four years. Sometimes mm-hmm. we're talking to people for 20 years. But yeah. if you could send a text message to yourself, 
four years ago. Uh, tell yourself something that you wish you knew then that you know now about the business you're in. Uh, what would that be if there's anything? Ooh, what a good question. I mean, I'll just say what came to mind right away. Right. Charge more. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I did not know um, when, when I started this and wanted to have a really concierge level experience for my guests. I kind of didn't realize that it was going to be a 60-hour work week for me outside of doing tours right. because of all the things that we do that really customize the, the entire experience. And it's not that any one of them is super labor intensive, but when you've got 30 tours on the books, you know, imagine everything taking 30 minutes to do. Yeah. That's, and, and that's kind of what it is. Um, so, and even when I tell other people what all we do and what's all included, they're like, well, not my tour, but you should charge other people more. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we probably would have started at a bit of a higher price point. And I think as we expand, that's going to have to happen because it takes a team to do this the way we do it now. We've yeah. learned a lot. We've grown a yeah. lot. We've expanded. I mean, COVID has uh, changed the way we do business for the better. and But that also means we give more. Our guests get more. But yeah. It means we do more. Well, you know, that's how, you know, quiet is kept. The over-deliver is how you start a business. You Amen. Know, mm -hmm. You know, that's just the way it's got to be if you want to have return business, which you obviously have. We do. And that's exactly what we do. We do over-deliver. So, and I love that. And I feel like, I mean, our prices are definitely fair, mm -hmm. but growing and going from being just an entrepreneur who has a business to becoming a company means yeah. I have to think about what people who now join this company are expected to do and right. how much that money that would cost. So the amount of money that it would cost to pay someone to do what I do um, and what my husband does, because yeah. we both run this business. He still works full time and he yeah. does, he has his duties as well. Yeah. Um, as the velvet hammer. As the velvet hammer. Yeah. yeah. And he does all the back end <laughs> stuff that I hate. Anything that has to do with numbers and licenses and, and all the rules and insurance. And ugh, I, I, he's lucky I put gas in the van. All right. I am the social media, right, right. The, the party girl, I'm the concierge, I'm the, you know, I'm the, I'm the glitz and glamour yeah, part yeah. of it. So, yeah, so um, we definitely do have to have a cost structure that reflects growth for the business. Sure. So that's my entrepreneurial answer. Anything else? I mean, we did so much research before we got started. Yeah. And we're only slightly different than we were when we started now. I think we started off with a really strong foundation. Um, oh, I know one other thing. I would tell myself to take a salary. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Pay myself. Right. Um, but right. Um, but then, yeah. you know, in this industry here, things are we're growing. Things are always changing. Yes. So it's it's sort of hard to say, you know, back then I wish I'd known this. I, I've learned this by asking this question so much. Right. Because things have changed. Especially when I ask somebody who's been in the business for like 20 years or something because yeah. it's changed so radically every five years or three years in some cases, or something like that, that yeah. the information they'd have to give doesn't apply. Doesn't apply. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, I just, I, I think I probably would have, even though I've always thought about the growth from the moment we started the business, I knew that I wanted a Cork and Keg Tours, Oregon, Cork and Keg Tours, Finger Lakes, Cork and Keg Tours, Tuscany. Right. You know, I mean, that's why we chose the name that we chose because we knew it wasn't going to just end in, in, in Virginia. Right. So I so saw, yeah, having that attitude meant that we were always operating, thinking about the growth. But now that we've gotten to this point four years later, I would definitely have started this at a bit higher level because what we do is far above and beyond what other companies do for, you know, similar rates. Right. Uh, so, yeah, so that was that was it. But as far as the customer service and the guest experience. Yeah. 
yeah, we've always kind of. <laughs> no, I want to break my arm, pat myself on the back, but well, I it's mean, what we we. we that's why you're on the show. I mean, I I know some <laughs> some guys who work in limo services and do mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, and trust me, they're great guys, but all they do is drive. I mean, that's exactly. What, you know, they they're like, where you want to go, we'll take you there. Yeah, and they that's about it. Oh yeah, we are full service, and I love the relationships that we've developed. We and we started doing that very early on too, not just with the wineries, but with the bed and breakfasts. Um, I'm on the B and B Guild for Loudoun County. I'm in the Rural Economic Development uh, Committee. Uh, so being a part of the community is going to be a huge factor in whoever grows, wherever they grow, wherever our next locations are. That's going to be something that we're going to require. If you want to be a Cork and Keg Tours operator, you are a community member first uh, and a business person second. And it makes such a difference. It's why people are booking two months in advance right now. Okay. So, well, we're going to close out here, but please tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you, how they can get in touch with Cork and Keg, and whatever. The the mic is yours. Tell them. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So, you know, our website is the best way to get us, uh, corkandkegtours.com. Um, you can also find my virtual tastings there as Gobi Grape, uh, which is a brand that came out of COVID. But um, so, yeah, you can email uh, info at corkandkegtours.com. We're on Facebook as you got it, corkandkegtours.com and Instagram, same. Um, and then you can always text or call me at 571 571- Two six seven five nine one zero, and I'd love to hear about what kind of special event we can make for you, and come and taste the memories with us. Again, listeners to the show know, and if you subscribe to my podcast, you know all of those links are going to be in the show notes. So Thank if you. you didn't have a pencil or a pen handy when when you were listening, go to the show notes; it'll be right there. Well, Renee, thank you very much for being on the show. This has been a pleasure in more ways than one. I mean, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, but my goodness. This 50 West Cuvée, ah. It is so good. I'll fight you for the bottle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to have them on the show. I spoke to Carlos earlier about that, so we'll have a show about them. But if you're in Loudoun County, or if you're in Loudoun County and in Renee's van, please have her stop by 50 West. I think you will definitely thank us and her for it. So. Absolutely. And thank you again, Howard, for doing this and helping others to understand and get to know Virginia wine. Your podcast is a perfect way to understand what you're missing out on if you haven't been here already. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's, I love the market research in my job too. So Amen good. to that, brother. All right. Take care. Well, that's another show in the books. I had a fantastic time speaking with Renee Ventress of Cork and Cake Tours. Now, if you live in or near the DMV, or if you're planning to visit Loudoun County, Virginia, or the wine country in Virginia, do yourself a favor and give Renee and Don a call and have them plan and curate a tour for you and your friends at Cork and Keg. You will not regret it. In fact, it's like Lay's potato chips. If you go once, you'll be back. Trust me. Renee, thank you again for being on the show, and you're always welcome to come on to discuss all things Virginia wine California wine, and the best karaoke songs to sing between wineries. I also want to thank our host for this interview, 50 West Vineyards. When you contact Renee for a tour, now make sure that 50 West is on your itinerary. Carlos and all the good folks there will take very good care of you because they took great care of us. I'm all about promoting the craft beverage industry in the DMV because it's some of the best in the nation. If you agree, please share this podcast. The more it grows, the more I can get the word out about the craft beverage culture in the DMV. And trust me, it's the best. This show was written, produced, and birthed by yours truly, 
I'm Howard Fletcher. We'll be taking a few weeks off to prepare for a big season two. If you're new to the show and haven't listened to my past interviews, please look through them and listen to whatever tickles your fancy. I guarantee you'll find another craft beverage maker to visit. Trust me. Please send any feedback, questions, or recommendations to my email address. That's howard at barreltastingpod.com. It is also in the show notes. I know there's a ton of media you could be listening to besides me, and that is why I work so hard to bring you the content that I do. I truly appreciate your time investment in me. Thank you very much again for listening. Remember, always have a designated driver, so I'll see you next time. Isvikata. You have been listening to Barrel Tasting with Howard Fletcher, part of the Fletcher Podcast Group. You can reach Howard at his website, barreltastingpod.com. I'm Asia Blue. Thanks for listening. See you next time.